Hello everyone, my name is David Smith and this is the Armchair Commentary. On this week's episode, I'm taking you all the way back to 2007. New England Patriots had just made some moves and, well, they were looking to make history, but there was one pesky opponent looking to get in their way. If you haven't already, please make sure to hit that subscribe button, share the episodes with your friends, let them know what we've got going on as we cover some of the most interesting and incredible moments in sports history. Without further ado, I bring you The Imperfect Season, the story of the 2007 New England Patriots. In sports, there's nothing quite like perfection. In baseball, there have been 23 perfect games in the history of the sport, about 118 years. In hockey, you could argue that a shutout is a perfect game. Uh, In tennis or golf, winning all of the majors and getting that grand slam happens occasionally. It's very rare. And in basketball, we almost had a team win every game. The 15-16 Golden State Warriors only lost 9 out of 82. In football, however, perfection has only happened once. It's happened, almost happened, I should say, four times. The 1934 Bears almost did it, but lost in the championship to the Giants. Insert my winky face here. They did it again in 1942, this time losing to Washington. The third team to do it is the only team that went all the way, and that's the 72 Dolphins. Of course, they are the one perfect team. And the last team, the team that I'm going to be talking about today, is the 2007 New England Patriots. Now, before I go on to talk about the 07 Patriots, I think it's important to note that the Dolphins are perfection. They went completely undefeated. This should never be taken away from them. I don't think anyone will. I understand it was a different era, fewer games, et cetera, et cetera. And everybody's going to talk about it. It was different. It doesn't, doesn't matter. It's not the same. But they are perfection, and they will stand as perfection in my eyes. With that, let's get to the 07 Patriots. The offseason started like any other for a Patriot team that lost in the playoffs the year before. Bill Belichick was trying to retool and rebuild, and the biggest position of need in his eyes was at wide receiver. Sounds familiar because it is. So he made a few signings, like Dante Stallworth. He made a trade for Patriot killer Wes Welker from Miami, who always seemed to find a way to kill the Pats in previous years. But the most significant ad in my eyes was a trade with the then Oakland Raiders. Randy Moss, prolific wide receiver, dazzled us while he was with the Minnesota Vikings. He was also outspoken. He had earned a reputation as a talented wideout with attitude problems. They called him a diva and a problem. He was someone who, when healthy, could help any team, but a few injured seasons, poor, for porn, poor performances in Oakland. And the Raiders wanted to move him. Belichick saw Moss as a game changer and a steal of a trade. And to this day, I'm not sure how it didn't get vetoed by someone somewhere. The Oakland Raiders traded Randy Moss to the New England Patriots for a 2007 fourth round pick. We're off to the races. The Patriots retooled offense was ready to roll opening week against the New York Jets, the division rival, our foe from the Meadowlands, 
Plenty of critics were thinking that Randy Moss was washed. He caught nine passes for 181 yards and a touchdown in that first game. Uh, and when I say off to the races, I meant literally off to the races. The Patriots offense was flying. They scored 38 points in each of their first three games. 34 the next two, followed by 48, 49, and 52 points. This team was on a roll until they finally faced the toughest test of the season to date. The team that eliminated them from the playoffs the year before. I'm talking, of course, about the Indianapolis Colts. The Colts gave the Patriots fits, and this was a classic Peyton Manning-Tom Brady matchup. The Colts were leading this game at halftime, and it wasn't a typical Patriots game this season. The points weren't coming, the defense was putting on a show, and Manning had scored early in the fourth quarter, gave the Colts a lead. But this Patriot team was different. Two separate touchdown drives, and then a strip sack fumble to close out the game. It's a test the Patriots survived, but barely. Heading into the bye week, the Pats were 9-0. And there were occasional mentions of the 72 Dolphins. Anytime a team is slightly undefeated, and I mean like, you know, halfway through the season, someone brings it up, could they go all the way, and they look at the schedule, and, you know, nine games in is not the time to be talking about it, but, of course, the media is going to media. They came out of the bye to face their bitter uh, division rival, the Buffalo Bills and they put up 56 points in that game. Should also mention that the defense has been incredible to this point. Through the 10 games, they had allowed 20 points or less only three times. Needless to say, this was a complete football team. Now the second test of the 2007 season was maybe a little more unexpected. The Philadelphia Eagles were rolling into Foxborough and honestly, Brian Westbrook aside, they weren't exactly inspiring fear into their opponents, but on this day, they would give the Patriots a run. After going up 24-21 at the half, the Eagles pulled ahead in the third quarter. Was this the moment that the Patriots would lose out? In the fourth quarter, the Patriots scored another touchdown, managed to intercept Jay Feely twice. Test number two passed. Test number three came much quicker than test number two. Uh, in came the Baltimore Ravens. Now, this Ravens team wasn't built on offense. Most Ravens teams aren't. This was a defense-first team. And Ed Reed wanted nothing more than to beat Tom Brady, as he always did. And they almost did this time. Once again, the Patriots found themselves down in the fourth and were in need of another Tom Brady comeback. And once again, it happened. A 27-24 victory, one step closer. To a perfect regular season. Now, of course, no one cares about a perfect regular season. It's historic, but losing in the regular season only, only not losing in the regular season, I should say, and then losing it all in the first or second round would seem kind of brutal. Uh, Patriots managed to win their next three games without too much concern. They beat the Steelers, the Dolphins, and the Bills. They were closing out the regular season against the New York Giants. A Giants team that was unsure if they were going to make the playoffs. This game was a back-and-forth game that ended with a 38-35 final. No one expected the Giants to go on a run, but the Patriots had finished off the regular season, having never lost a game. 16-0. The postseason arrives with a bye for the Patriots during wildcard weekend. 
Their first opponent was the Jacksonville Jaguars and stud running back Maurice Jones-Drew, MJD. And this was a particular, was it particularly close. The Patriots were just a better team than David Garrard led Jags and the final here was 31 to 20. They were one step closer to the ultimate goal. Next up for the currently undefeated juggernaut was the Phillip Rivers-led San Diego Chargers. Now, this game was not a masterpiece by Tom Brady by any stretch. Three picks, and the offensive firepower wasn't there. Luckily for the Patriots, they had Lawrence Maroney and a stalwart defense at that. The defense held the Chargers to four field goals. Maroney was the replacement, of course, for Corey Dillon. Uh, Patriot legend uh, and truly felt like a massive addition on this day in particular. He ran for 122 yards and a touchdown. And that was it. 18 straight victories. Now a bit of context here. The 2007 Patriots were in a record-breaking offense. They broke long-standing records uh, and they were the envy and fear and also hated by the league. The Giants, on the other hand, came into the season with incredibly low expectations. They had faltered badly to end 2006, losing seven of their last nine games. After making the playoffs as a wildcard team, they finished their regular season with a 10-6 record. They had to win out to even make it. It was an incredibly tough road ahead for them. Their playoffs started by dispatching the Buccaneers without much trouble, but their first real test of the playoffs came soon after was the division rival, Dallas Cowboys. Now they welcomed them into Texas for a little old-fashioned playoff football. It's the first time the Giants had made the divisional round since 2000. And this Tony Romo-led Cowboys team was stacked. Terrell Owens was back after missing the two regular season games. Dallas had won both of those regular season meetings. And this game should have been a walk. But sometimes the football gods smile on one team more than the other. With a few minutes left in the game, the Cowboys had an opportunity to win. They were down four points and needed a touchdown. Driving the field, a few bad plays left Tony Romo with a fourth to convert. Only a few seconds left. In enemy territory. And Tony Romo sent a pass right over the middle that was intercepted by R.W. McCorders ending the Cowboys' chances to move on and giving the Giants the ultimate underdog test. The second and last test for these upstart Giants was no small task either. They were on their way to Lambeau Field to face Brett Favre with the Green Bay Packers. Now this game was as close as could be. Frigid temperatures, typical for a playoff game in Lambeau, bruising running back Brandon Jacobs, Doing his job, ultimately, each team was making mistakes, and neither team was able to capitalize on them. Finally, the fourth quarter ends were still tied. A chance to go to the Super Bowl was on the line. One more quarter to win. The Packers had the ball and an opportunity to win the game. However, Brett Favre, who, let's be honest, wouldn't have been Brett Favre the gunslinger if he didn't make risky, sometimes boneheaded plays. After running a similar play earlier in the game, two different times in fact, the Giants were ready. Favre tossed the ball over the middle of the field, right into the waiting arms of Corey Webster. And after getting burned earlier in the game, Webster went from goat to hero in a hurry. 
With the ball in Packer territory, the Giants kicked a field goal. Destiny was set. The Giants, who were underdogs at the start of this thing, were going to the Super Bowl to face the undefeated, as yet, New England Patriots. The Super Bowl itself was a back-and-forth affair. The Giants were ready to be giant killers, stopping the Patriots at every opportunity. And the Patriots were looking to take advantage of every single chance they could, trying to become the first 19-0 team in NFL history. The fourth quarter began, Eli Manning driving the Giants to take the lead. Brady did some of the same for his side, getting the Patriots back on top of the TD drive with Randy Moss catching that pass. A little over two minutes left, Eli Manning had the ball and was looking to make that play. Now before we get into that play that will live on forever, we need to talk about the man that actually made the play. That's David Tyree. He had a pretty uneventful 2007. To say he wasn't a big part of the offense might be the biggest understatement of this entire story. You see, David Tyree had four receptions in 2007 for 35 yards. That's all year long. I'm not talking about one game. He had four catches. He caught the ball four times in the entire year. In the Super Bowl, he caught his first touchdown pass of the year earlier in the game but his name will forever be etched in history and this is why on a third and five the little more than a minute left in the fourth quarter of the super bowl trailing 14 to 10 eli manning looked to be sacked in fact i'm gonna say this right now in today's game it likely would have blown the whistle at this play now we aren't looking at today's game we're talking about the game in 2007 as it was played and in 2007 Eli escaped or he got let out or however you want to put it depending on which side of the coin you fall on you may be someone who thinks that the Patriots let him go you may be someone that says he escaped when he escaped he launched the ball 30 yards in the air to David Tyree the man who had five catches all here including one in this game Rodney Harrison was in coverage and was considered an excellent pass defender against a man who had five catches. It should have been incomplete. But remember what I said about the football gods? Well, today they were shining down on the Giants. The ball was high. Tyree leapt. Harrison leapt with him. The ball was being held against David Tyree's helmet. Now, Rodney Harrison's not a little man. If you Google Rodney Harrison and take a look at how big this guy was, he's a big fella. And he tried to rip the ball, knock the ball loose, get it out of David Tyree's hands, make it hit the ground, cause, cause an incomplete pass. Somehow, the ball stayed. It uh, It's a play that, as a football fan, you love seeing. As a Patriots fan, it was absolutely devastating. With the completion and the new set of downs, Eli found Plaxico Burris, who caught the TD after that. Brady couldn't muster a comeback. The season was over. The New York Giants were Super Bowl champions. Now, this game, on a personal note, still haunts me. Uh, the amount of things that had to go right in that situation where a ball doesn't come out is incredible. 
and all the credit to the Giants, who still had to stop Brady from driving the field to close out the game. It was an incredible Super Bowl with an incredible ending. A record-setting Giant had been slain. And it left Patriot fans feeling incomplete. And for Giants fans, it was jubilation and a well-deserved victory. Perfection is incredibly tough thing to achieve in sports. But in 2007, for maybe just a few minutes, it looked like we might have had it. We'll always have almost, we will always have, the imperfect season. this week's episode of the armchair commentary i'd like to thank you for stopping by and taking some time out of the day to listen to this episode if you're interested in listening to my previous episodes and you haven't already make sure to hit that subscribe button if you are enjoying these episodes please feel free to rate them on spotify or apple you can also share them with your friends which may mean a great deal to me if you're not following me on social media please make sure to do so and once again the Music for this episode was provided by Upbeat.io. All beats will be listed in the description of this episode. Thanks for taking a walk down memory lane with me. Can't wait to do it again next week. If you have something you'd like me to cover, let me know. Send me a message on social media. Tag me in a post. Let me know you want me to cover it. Be safe. Be well. Thanks for listening.